0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: New Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles should bring some great perspective from a well-run organization in the Kansas City Chiefs and balancing that with how he thinks an NFL team should be run on his own. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You could like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Lockdown Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk, and make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day on the show today. We'll be joined by the host of Lockdown Chiefs, Ryan Tracy, who's going to help us learn a little bit more about the new Bears general manager. We'll go through some of the Kansas City front office structure, how Poles has worked with GM Brett Veach, some of the lessons he may have learned over the years with Veach, but also then with previous Kansas City general managers, some of the things the team has done well in terms of team building, maybe some of the areas the team has done poorly or has struggled or has improved over time, and some of the different perspectives that Poles may have picked up throughout his career of working his way up slowly through that Kansas City organization. Really wanted to get the more local perspective on a candidate like Poles and who else but Ryan Tracy from Lockdown Chiefs here on the Lockdown Podcast Network to really know his team through and through. And and Ryan is a big, not only guy, a big NFL in general analyst, but goes in depth on the NFL draft in particular, and of course knows the Chiefs through and through. And with with Poles being a longtime college scouting coordinator and director for Kansas City. I thought Ryan had some really good perspective on some of the ways the Chiefs drafting changed under polls and some of the things that he has been able to do particularly well in charge of their college scouting department and and how he's sort of seen that change over his years under multiple general managers here. So glad to be able to get Ryan on to break some things down. Let's jump right into it. All right, joining us now on the Locked on Bears podcast is Ryan Tracy. He's one of the hosts of Locked On Chiefs here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he's also the founder of RGR Football. You can watch their videos on his RGR Football YouTube channel as well. He knows the Chiefs in depth. He knows the NFL really well, NFL draft breakdowns as well. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. To talk about a, a GM candidate can sometimes be a, kind of a difficult thing to know a lot about, so I, I'm, I'm curious to, to sort of get your take on what you do know about Ryan Poles and, and what sort of his experience has been in Kansas City. Thanks for
2: having me, and and I'll tell you, the experience has been all over the place. He's had what I find one of the more intriguing paths to this position in that he's a former player, and he's gone through multiple very celebrated GMs that he's worked for and with. He was a, a peer or, or close to it at one point. Brett Veach, who's now the GM in Kansas City, uh, worked on the same staff, Mike Borgonzi, uh, Chris Ballard he's had exposure with. Worked for uh, John Dorsey when things were going very well at that point. Um, Has been on the staff for quite a while here, and that includes the, I don't know, franchise-defining, shall we say, acquisition of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's a lot that goes into his tenure in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, Let's start with Patrick Mahomes since you kind of wrapped him up there. I believe, if my timelines are correct, uh, that... Poles was director of college scouting when they made that decision to trade up and draft Patrick Mahomes at, at quarterback. Do you remember back to that draft, you know, what the feelings were among that front office? I know there's been a lot of those sort of like inside the Chiefs front office type things looking back at that on who was involved in a lot of those decisions. Was was there anything you were able to, that you can remember specifically tying polls in that or, or how how unified, I guess, was the the Chiefs front office in, in some of those draft decisions?
2: You know, I think it was a, back and forth for a lot of the draft process, to tell you the truth. It, it was Brett Veach that was really jumping up and down on tables for Patrick, was sneaking film to Coach Reed on Patrick. So it, it was very much in that that category of one guy holding the torch. But I think as you move towards the draft, everyone else started to circle around. And, and I can't, I don't have any inside information whether Ryan Poles was an early supporter or not but clearly it is something that in the years since that we've discovered that the way that they go about business there is that it's a very frank and open discussion, as we understand, uh, and there is a decision made at the end, but everybody gets a voice, and so I think if there was dissent there, it's it's definitely warranted to be listened to. We've seen them make a number of decisions that have worked out very well. They've drafted well on day three in this regime, uh, where Ryan Bulls has been very instrumental with Mike Borgonzi in supporting Brett Veach. Um, there's always a couple of question marks. There's there's philosophies that I think are a little bit in clash there. I think Brett Feech has a tendency to look very much about attitude and uh, presence on the field. Whereas in years past, you might have relied a little bit
1: more on athleticism. I think you might see that come back to Chicago. Sure, uh, I'm curious since you mentioned the, the the functioning of the front office there and everyone getting a voice. That was one of the things that stood out to me. Like when I was comparing the Chiefs to what the Bears had previously under Ryan Pace in Chicago, is very much a a smaller, more tight knit executive staff. It was like the GM and then you know college scouting director, pro scouting director, player personnel, and maybe one other person. It was kind of like the five, the big five, four underneath the GM. And it seems like Kansas City's front office is a little bit more. I don't know if robust is the right word. There's a, more cooks in the kitchen, and I'm curious. I don't know that one method is purely better than the other, but h- how do they sort of manage having, you know, vice president of football operations, assistant general managers, directors of all the different posts now, and then the college scouting coordinator? It seems like there are a lot of voices in that room. There, there definitely
2: are, and I like the way that you put that. It is like a three-star Michelin dining room, to tell you the truth. There are a lot <laughs> of cooks. There is one chef at the pass, and Brett Veach, determines whether something happens or not at the very end. But there are a lot of processes and a lot of sous chefs there to get you to that point. Um, I would say that, especially when you look at where everything comes from, the area scouts get a lot of voice. We get pressers with them every year after the draft is concluded. So we get some firsthand knowledge from them. Uh, Ryan Nutt, in terms of college director, I'd think of him as a saucier, right? He's going on top of the evaluations and handing that off to the sous, so they can take it to Veach. And then, you know, I don't know how the breakdown goes. They, they won't give us that inside information about what the final plating looks like. And I'm just going to take this chef analogy all the way to the end. <laughs> um, but it
1: takes a lot of hands to get to that plate for the diner. Hey, Bears fans. I want to tell you about an incredible app for anyone who buys gasoline. It's called Get Upside, and Lockdown Bears listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas they buy every time they fill up. You just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play and enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back Every time you fill up, don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Especially the way gas prices went up and come down a little bit, but they've kind of been fluctuating all over throughout the pandemic. Get Upside can help up. put more of that cash back in your wallet. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your Get Upside account, and you can cash out at any time. If you want to go directly into your bank account on a direct deposit, they'll do that. If you'd feel more comfortable going through PayPal, perfect connectivity there. Or they'll even let you cash out with e-gift cards to online retailers like Amazon and other brands. So download the free get Upside app today and enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back when you fill up your tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN when you download the GetUpside app. We, I know we can't like... Specifically, assigned, like much like with Patrick Mahomes. We can't specifically go in and say, okay, Ryan Poles specifically liked these players or didn't like these players. But when you think back to Chiefs just drafting in general, I mean, Poles was the college scouting coordinator from 2010 to 2015, and the director of college scouting from 16 to 18, and still even in player personnel, he's involved at least somewhat, if, if maybe lesser, in the draft. When you think back to like that era of, of Chiefs drafting across a few different general managers in there, you know, I, I see honestly Jonathan Baldwin is kind of the big first round bust that hangs in there, but otherwise. On the outside, you know, when I just like glance at their list of drafted players. It seems like a, a fairly steady group. How would you sort of evaluate how well the Chiefs have drafted since about 2010 or so? You know,
2: I think you've seen a, an evolution that used to be a little bit more based on production and now has uh, evolved to a little bit more about traits and about upside and about projection rather than what you produced at the, the college level. Uh, athleticism has been up and down. Um, certainly under Dorsey, it was high, high, high on the list. Now I think that it's a little bit more balanced with the demeanor, like I said. They they like and they're looking for, and especially since the elevation of polls to his current position, they've been in the mode where they need guys with some edge, with some nastiness. They need to change their temperament on the field. And so I think that's kind of overridden some of the other decision-making played a bigger part as of late, but before that. It was about what did you get done? What can we see you doing at the next level? And that progression was very much, I would think, grounded in in real world statistics and evidence.
1: Do you think that influenced the types of results they were getting from draft picks in terms of maybe players that were higher floor, lower ceiling compared to like more recently? Of course, I guess Patrick Mahomes is kind of the ultimate example of that. But you know, like Nicole Hardman and some of these other like more like athletic players that that could have. Higher ceilings, but lesser floors, or at least more volatile in some of those types of draft picks. I don't know, have you seen differences in, in how the roster ends up taking shape as a result? You do see differences.
2: I don't know that I can attribute them to anyone in the front office. Because at the end of the day, in this organization, Andy Reid calls the shots. Sure. And upside, a uniqueness, the, the X-factor ability of players like Hardman, who at the time was at least partially selected because of what he brought that's similar to Tyreek Hill. Uh, there are things that at the end of the day, Coach Reed makes the final say, whether you're, you're a GM in, in title or not, and that is a X X factor that we will never get a glimpse of until we get inside the building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious what types of differences you saw in terms of like the influences that polls would have gotten from Dorsey versus Pioli versus Veach. I think we kind of think of of Dorsey being more like the the football guy, hardline, and Veach being a little bit more maybe analytics uh, open-minded if he's not analytics-focused, but how have you? what sort of differences stand out as far as like how po- polls may have been influenced by those different general managers' own philosophies running the Chiefs?
2: I think clearly not only Dorsey, but Chris Ballard as well as an influence in that building for a time. Uh, very much so open. Uh, the analytics is there, but it is about... What kind of guy he is? What kind of player? What kind of drive does he have? I think that played a a bigger portion of the evaluation uh, a few years ago than it does now. Uh, That is the influence, I think, from the top down. So I would think that as the, the area scouts do their work, you have a tendency to see Chiefs players be guys that are based on value whether it is that they have developmental upside or they have skills that specifically fit the scheme, particularly on the defensive side of the ball that they are looking for. Uh, I do think that it has been a little bit more targeted the last few years about getting solutions to problems that they have already identified.
1: Like the offensive line this past year, for example. Yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> all five, let's, let, let's just wipe it all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it shows a certain amount of, you know, self-awareness and aggressiveness to be able to evaluate their own things critically and not say, ah, you know what? This offensive line was, was my guys, and I don't want to admit that they're not good or that, I, that I, you don't want to admit I'm messed up. And it doesn't seem like the Chiefs are an organization that necessarily holds on to mistakes too long, the way I think Bears fans have seen some things in Chicago where it's like, well, we drafted Mitch Trubisky or we drafted Kevin White or whatever, like, we need to get the most out of him because he's our guy. Has there been that, beyond the offensive line, has there been that tendency in Kansas City to, to know when they need to hit the reset button and sort of admit defeat? My, my impression is that it's
2: about learning from the mistake rather than blaming from the mistake. Sure. And I would even venture a little bit further, including this, this most recent overhaul of the offensive line. Uh, Paul's experience as an offensive lineman, he was integral in that evaluation process. So being able to say, listen, we've gotten older at tackle. We've lost one to injury. We've lost another that is likely... Lost to injury. You see uh, Eric Fisher end up in Indianapolis after what it was a pretty lengthy recovery. Um, I, I think that's integral in building the
1: foundation of the ball club. I think that's something you can look forward to in Chicago as well. One of the things that's hard for me to tell sometimes outside of Kansas City without really diving into a lot of years and a lot of time of uh, how, how has Veach and even I guess before that Dorsey, how have they handled the salary cap? I mean, I, I don't get the impression they've been in salary cap hell and certainly Ryan Poles hasn't been, you know, involved in that aspect of general managing per se, but curious to see, you know, like for the Bears and Ryan Pace, Ryan had come from New Orleans where there was always sort of salary cap issues and he brought some of that with him to Chicago. So what, what might Ryan Poles be bringing from Kansas City?
2: I think what you're going to see him be interested in most is getting a dedicated, specific help with that. Brent Tillis handles those chores in Kansas City, and I won't say that it's hands-off, but he certainly is respected within the building enough that his lead is followed when it comes to structure, Um, timing, et cetera, when it comes to the contractual obligations. And finding someone like that, uh, I don't think Brent Tillis is going anywhere for those that might get excited about that. Um, Finding someone like that for for polls in Chicago, I think is going to be near the top of the list, Uh, not necessarily at the very top.
1: All right, Ryan, really appreciate the insight there. Appreciate uh, your expertise here covering the Chiefs so well with Lockdown Chiefs. If people want to get more Chiefs coverage from you or more NFL draft, NFL coverage and from everything else that you do, where can they find your work online?
2: It's pretty simple. Um, Rogue Analytics, rogueapc.com is, is the draft company, the analytics that I run. And uh, Ryan Tracy NFL, all one word, is the Twitter address. Everything kind of flows through there. Um, and I will say this to Chicago fans, I think you should be excited uh, my mom was a big bears fan they're probably my number two team so uh cheers to you i think this is going to be uh, a really interesting
1: and, and progressive future sure seems like a guy like polls checks a lot of the boxes you look for in a gm candidate and of course ryan look ryan tracy here checks all the boxes we look for it in a not only a lockdown podcast network host but a guest on the lockdown bears podcast he is ryan tracy of lockdown chiefs really appreciate you joining us today. I know the Chicago Bears aren't in the playoffs in particular, but these can still be exciting games to watch, not only just to watch, but to add a little bit more excitement to it. You can bet on them with our friends at betonline.ag. And a little bit of stakes in there personally with some of these fun games can make it really that much more exciting. And betonline.ag is the number one place we recommend for all of your sports betting needs, not only for the playoffs, but some prop bets about, say, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen with the Bears head coaching search, who's going to be the candidate there, and so many more different ways to play basketball, hockey, soccer, tennis, baseball, when that season comes back around, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games all online. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for 2022, including our promotion sign up today download download the get upside app or go to their go to their website and get a free 50 percent welcome bonus all you got to do is enter in our promo code locked on and they're going to give you a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's them giving you free money to play with at betonline.ag where the game starts So while the Bears are full steam ahead now on the head coaching search, Ryan Poles in place, giving this franchise a little bit more of direction of where things are going to go from here. We're not done with the playoffs, right? We have, A pair of really exciting NFL conference championship games this weekend, helping us decide who's going to be in the Super Bowl. And so as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we have local experts covering all four of these remaining teams. And I want to turn our attention to those teams and those games now as part of the Locked On Now podcast, putting together a preview for everything you need to go for the NFL's conference championship games.
0: You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The biggest game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game.
3: What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC championship game. All right. I I think this this game, it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I had to give just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G. Don't turn the ball over. And if you do, just limit it. So right now, 49ers, the way I see it, Jimmy G, one turnover. That's all we're giving you. Just one. Anything more than that, it'd be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers, win this game this Sunday.
0: Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams' home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons.
4: Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucs. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the rap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team every day.
0: The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked On Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details.
2: The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs' defense and its staff learn its lessons from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful, if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball, to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust, and you have to play over the top, and you have to try to take chase and limit him. Not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that, and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked on Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet.
5: Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City and advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapinoe of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34-31, to overcoming three different 14-point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only Daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now, Locked On your team every day.
1: Again, that's courtesy of our friends on the Locked On Now podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network. If you want more of the Locked On Now podcast, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, as well as the rest of our Locked On NFL, NBA, NHL, and more, covering all your spe- your sports, your team every day. I want to give another thanks to Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs for joining us on the podcast today. Definitely a network-strong day for us here on Locked On Bears. We're still here to break down your Chicago Bears every day with some of that in-depth daily Chicago Bears news and analysis so I hope if you're not already subscribed to the podcast that you'll hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening right now or if you're on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel appreciate everyone who's been following along liking and commenting on those videos or communicating with us here in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group it's a great way to create some discussion and conversation around this team and around this show and most importantly I think it makes it that much easier to bear down